everyone, and welcome to the 15th episode of Relating to DevSecOps, where we jump into the development, security, and operational issues of today with representation from different disciplines, professions, and specialties so we can solve real-world problems with people that actually face them. I'm Ken Toller, and I'm joined again by Simon and Jameson from Product Engineering and DevOps. Last time we left off uh, on Terraform and what it brings to the infrastructure as code game. And now we're shifting gears a bit so that we can get eventually to the Terraform CDK beta, which, um, you know, we have our own thoughts about and we're sort of exploring this, you know, one step at a time. Uh, but in order to get there, I think we have to go through what it's uh, generally based on, which is the Amazon CDK or the Cloud Development Kit. And that's defined by Amazon or AWS as an open source software development framework to define your cloud application resources using familiar programming languages. And this is a little bit of a different approach, I think, than what we were talking about last time uh, with Terraform and HashiCorp's approach of making the language more accessible. Um, but personally, not a lot of experience with CDK. A lot of what I've uh, come up with uh, for today's episode has been uh, just through research. And so, uh, Jameson, again, uh, you know, I want to throw it right back to you uh, because I think, you know, from from between the three of us, uh, you probably have the most experience with cloud formation. And, you know, if you have any experience with using the CDK or experimenting with it, I think you're probably the the first stop on the train, <laughs> so to speak. So um, you want to open it up? Sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh my my experience with cloud formation uh as of recently has been limited to, to stack sets right been you know abusing the aws control tower setup uh in a, in a number of environments with just using that to roll out changes to different ous and and like kind of getting my hands dirty with that but with that the stack sets are pretty atomic right i'm writing like i need this singular thing or maybe a collection of resources to do something like I don't know, configure a password policy or um, enforce like config rules, roll out guard duty, like, you know, something like that, right? It, but it's very targeted. So uh, I like the last week when you know, took a trip down memory lane, uh, went back to using CloudFormation for some more hardcore things. And uh, and if we say hardcore in the sense of like, you know, I built some SQS and SNS bucket <laughs> or queues uh, and, and, you know, subscription policies and, um, but anyhow, you know, did some real stuff with it and uh, quickly realized why I left uh, <laughs> and why, you know, uh, a lot of the things like what I talked about last episode with using like Troposphere, right, um, you know, started to become more clear of like, yeah, that's right. Uh, if I need a variable number of resources, uh, my options are like build a Jinja 2 template and template it or use like Troposphere to template it basically, right? And so, um with that, right, yeah, it's like started to kind of understand why we started to use things like Terraform and then also started to kind of realize some of the value of uh, of CDK, right? And, and really, if you think about Troposphere, right, where it's like writing Python to template CloudFormation, it's exactly what the CDK is doing, right? So um, definitely uh, you know, familiar territory. Uh, I didn't get too deep into CDK, uh, just lack of time, uh, other commitments, but... Um, yeah, no, happy to kind of take a trip down the shortcomings and pain points of CloudFormation. Some of the things that have changed since I last used CloudFormation and just overall, you know, kind of where I brushed up against the CDK. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's important for for us to sort of return back to the tools we love and 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 hate, and sort of maybe on an annual basis, just like review what what we found was wrong, or if the you know if those issues were solved or or whatever. And uh, and I'm with you, right? One of the things that I took from CloudFormation every time that I've started to look at it is that we talk about infrastructure as code, but CloudFormation is more like infrastructure as a template, right? It's like you build this um, static document of what you want, and then you can go and deploy that. Would you say that that's an accurate way of looking at it, or um, is there more to it there? I mean, I know there's more to it. So, you know, if there is a, uh, or if it's like the wrong way to look at it, maybe. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a pretty accurate way to look at it. It's like infrastructure is DSL, right? Like domain specific language, right? It's like, you're not, it's not code in the sense of the same way I would look at like Java or Python. It's it's something, right? But it, yeah, it is more like building these template files and, and you know, filling in values, right? Uh, rather than like, you know, having kind of the uh, true hallmarks of a programming language. So I think you're pretty spot on with your assessment there. Cool. Yeah, and so, uh, you know, as we get into it, I think that, you know, what you, what, what the CDK seems to me to try to solve is like, okay, we have this this templating language, and we want to provide a way to iterate through um, resources or to to sort of consolidate what we want to do if we're doing repetitive tasks, all in the spirit of automation, because that's basically what we're trying to do with infrastructure as code. And the fastest path to that is um, to use a programming language that already exists. So, you know, HashiCorp went the path of like creating these new pseudo languages that make it really easy for people to pick up and then test and, and review. And it looks like Amazon is sort of going the other way, which is like, you know, provide all the engineers and developers with the tools that they're used to using and then, you know, start from there. But, you know, from the way that I look at that is you sort of are approaching the security of it in two different ways. On one side, you're taking all of your po policy writers and and sort of folks that uh, understand the theory behind security, what needs to be protected, and they may or may not have engineering and development chops. And so now you're providing them with an easy step stool into the engineering world. Uh, but on the other side, you're sort of really powerfully enabling your engineers and developers but they may not have the policy or the security expertise that you want in order to do that effectively. So it's sort of like we're bookending these two approaches. Any thoughts on that from you guys? Yeah, no, I mean, that makes sense, right? And and I think that that's kind of one of the important, the one of the important things to kind of think about when you think about CDK and, and you know, as we close in on CDK with Terraform, it, it, it's kind of like, It'll, it it bridges the gap of of, of dev and ops uh, quite nicely because you have this group of people that maybe really understand cloud formation, right? And then you have this other group of people that really understand programming languages, right? And so with in dev, you know, I can create, you know, like in CDK, I can, you know, basically create something that will output this cloud formation template, right? And then I can, you know, check that in somewhere and it can kind of go through the same, whatever same, similar processes you'd have for, your infrastructure as code or if CloudFormation templates before with you know, any sort of linting or anything that you do to that extent. Um, and you can treat those the same way you would before, right? Instead, it's like the artifact of this CD, um, CDK is the CloudFormation itself, right? So rather than being like a compiled artifact, 
I've you know effectively used my code as a templating engine to output CloudFormation, right? And so with that, I can then assess uh, that output the same way I would have previously, right? Whether that's like somebody combing through it manually and looking for things that are bad, or like whether that's linting or testing or you know however um, you can kind of follow that same pattern that you would otherwise. Yeah, I mean. I just CloudFormation though it's it's sort of like this weird I find it um, more difficult to read than a uh, like a Terraform template or a Terraform plan even from the get go maybe that's just me being used to working with Terraform but I still like the only time I really come across CloudFormation is like as doing something that Terraform can't do. Right. Like, oh, okay. Well, we, you know, we can't do a Terraform. So we're going to go and, and like fix this thing with cloud formation. Or maybe we already have a template. And so we're going to use that template before we get it completely to Terraform. And it's like going through it is so painful for me. But I, you know, is, I don't know, like as somebody that works with both or has worked in both, do you have a similar feeling or is that just. What am I feeling, Jameson? <laughs> I mean, I summed up my thoughts, I think, at the top of this, right? Or like going back to CloudFormation was was a less than joyous experience, right? Like I as I, I think I even said, I know why I remember why I left, right? It's like <laughs> I used this thing in the past. It was like, you know, maybe it was I, I don't want to disparage anybody's usage of CloudFormation, but um no. But what I, is it, just, it? Like, you know, like what do we what is it that is just that makes it like harder to read it's just the nature of json and yaml right like where hcl is is json like right and but it's with changes made to it for to increase readability and even in like terraform 0.12 you saw that there was changes to um you know to reduce areas where you needed like brackets to indicate variables and, and all that kind of like the, the general markup changed, right? And I think in 0 0.13, they enforced that, right? Whereas like 0 0.12 was an intermediate step, but the goal is on readability. So it's like a custom uh, like language, right? That focuses on readability. Whereas CloudFormation is just like sandwiched in JSON and YAML, right? Like it's just, it's almost has no choice but to be gnarly because you're, you're kind of shoving your infrastructure as code into like a data structure, right? It's not like, JSON was not designed for this, right? And I, I have a similar problem with Kubernetes um, that we won't go into here, but like YAML files, like I get that it's more readable than JSON, but at the same time, I just still find it um, painful to read at times. But anyhow, yeah, I guess to bring this back, um, I, I really just, CloudFormation, the thing that has going for it is it's within the Amazon ecosystem, right? So there is a lot of nice integrations with Amazon, right? Um, even down to, I want to be able to run CloudFormation templates, but I only want to assign them a specific level of IAM privileges, right? And that's that's something you talk, when you talk to people about Terraform all the time, like where are you running Terraform from? Are you running it from like your CI CD or are you just like running it from people's laptops, right? Um, and, and whereas like CloudFormation, you really don't have that problem because like, it's running from Amazon, right? It's within that, like, you know, that ecosystem. So I think that's really where um, people latch on to CloudFormation is that, like, it's in your journey to cloud, it's really the first thing you brush up against. And it's like, hey, it's there. It's easy, right? It's pretty approachable. There's a lot of examples for it. Like, I could probably stack overflow anything for it, right? Um, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah. That makes it pretty accessible. Um, and so with that, 
I think that that's where a lot of the popularity is. And like, there's a lot of people I talk to that just, they don't brush up against the same problems or they're okay with workarounds. I mean, the, I won't pretend Terraform's perfect, right? There is a whole list of gnarly workarounds that you had to do before 0.12 for loops and conditionals and everything else, right? Like, so the very things that we're complaining about with CloudFormation are things that Terraform has, you know, within the last, what, year and a half, two years is fixed, right? So I think that that, the, the kind of important thing to maybe keep in mind here is that um, these things are still new, right? So they will change over time. And and maybe as part of the CDK, this is Amazon saying that don't focus so much on cloud formation. This is the artifact. This is the thing that goes into um, the machine to, you know, print out AWS resources and incur dollar spend as a result. But, um, <laughs> but the onus is really should be on the code that's driving that, right? So like rather than us focusing on, I'm going to write cloud formation, maybe with the CDK, what's being telegraphed here is like, you should be focusing on how you generate that and, you know, as opposed to focusing on it specifically. Right. Um, I do want, yeah. So like what I do want to do is like get, I want to take that thought and like hard shift almost into like my security view on, the power of the language versus like limit like a limited human readable language but i wanted to get uh, simon i know you're simon's a little bit under the weather today so he might be a little bit quieter but um i did want to get your thought on this one which is do you find json working through it all the time obviously work through mm -hmm. apis hard to read in in that context and i i want to get to that because I feel like I have the same feeling um, as I do when I read through um, something like Ruby code versus Java code, right? It takes me a, a bit, you know, I have to like move through more lines and work through more and I have to have a better understanding of the language in order for me to understand what's going on for, with Java rather than with Ruby, I can sort of jump in because it's designed to be more readable. And so, you know, we've had that, uh, you know, conversation over drinks before and I want to understand, like, do you just get so used to it that it doesn't, it's not an issue for you? So like working through cloud formation, did you find it more readable than maybe Jameson and I would? So to start with the YAML piece, I think the way I read, so stepping back, the way I read JSON on a standard day-to-day -day is very different than uh, the, the type of information that we're dealing with in terms of Terraform or cloud formation, right? So to me, I find them pretty similar in a sense, in terms of readability. Like if I'm looking at a YAML file that has configuration things, I'm not likely trying to understand the entire thing. I'm not trying to understand like top to bottom. I'm probably going to like command F search for something and move on with my life. When I look at JSON, on the other hand, from a product engineering point, I'm looking at usually massive objects of data, right? I'm looking at a user's application. So I'm trying to actually understand the full object. What is this person's name, address? And so breaking it down to that, like, I guess what you want to call hairy JSON chunks makes more sense. So if, if I were to pick one between these two four infra as code specifically, I would pick YAML for that reason. Um, just because even with JSON, I'm I'm always copying that stuff into like a pretty fi uh, app or you using a Chrome plugin to, to break it up. Cause yeah, it, it can get pretty ugly. Okay. So, you know, I just wanted to get, see if there was just, you know, if it was a time spent with the format that might help with this, but yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm reading when I'm looking at a cloud formation 
when I'm reviewing that from a security perspective, like I'm looking through the entire template. Right. Um, you know, I might have some help from like one of the linters or like in a, in a, some analysis tool, but really it's like, okay, I step through, step through all these structures and it's like, there's a lot of collapsing and, you know, syntax highlighting that I need to work with and markers and things that it's just like a pain in the butt. But with something like Terraform, you know, it's much easier for me to just like look at a for loop and be like, okay, I understand what this is doing. I don't have to like work through this entire structure. I can sort of build a, a map of that in my head. So yeah. And then anyway. to that point, I think there's a big difference between here between reading and editing. Uh, editing JSON is physically like manually editing JSON is painful. Uh, I would much rather do that in YAML. Cool. So from the security perspective, the reason, so like just sort of jumping in, because I think we do have to get to the CDK, right? Is what the CDK is doing is now Amazon is like, you know, screw having to like develop this entire language around this whole thing. Um, we've they've they've tried to do the conditionals in some like hacky ways and uh ifs and, you know um and loop i don't know if they ever got to loops in a hacky way but it's almost like you have the conditional um as a value in the data structure that's like you know it won't use these values or something and so they're like pre they're almost like pre-built conditionals am i right on that jameson Yeah, yes and no. I mean, like, you're talking about CloudFormation, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. how how would you do, an, like, a like an if statement inside of cloud, like just a raw CloudFormation template, not necessarily using CDK yet? Yeah, I think no. the trouble we're having, like, discussing this is part of the problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... Um, I, I mean, it's... I, I think I described it in the pre-show, right? Of, like, it, it feels like writing Excel macros, right? Like, I have to do, like, exclamation point and exclamation point equals, like, if I'm, like, trying to do, you know, um, uh, like, a uh, multiple conditionals, like, in a single statement, right? But, like, it's a lot of... Um, it, it feels very strange to write. It does not feel like... Like, like, it, like, a, um, like a programming language would, right? So... Um, and it's really easy to screw up your logic when you when you kind of abstract it that much. So I would say there is support for it, right? But it feels sad to write and does not. And like, we, I'm just touching on loops real quick. Like loops, there's they when they added um, they added like custom resource or not custom resources. That was even older. But there's a concept of like macros or templates in CloudFormation, and you can accomplish a loop through that. But again, it's like basically calling someone's you know, someone else's code that's packaged into CloudFormation in order to um, create a loop, right? So it's, it's kind of a workaround more so than something that's like first party. Right. Or or as you alluded to, like you build a Jinja template or something that essentially creates the template, the CloudFormation template for you. And then we're into the territory of CDK at that point. <laughs> right. Okay, so. cool. So I just wanted to, to just like rehash that a little bit uh, for, you know, clarity or not clarity maybe transparency is the better word there uh but the but the whole thing is like it's really difficult to to get to approach that because it's it's new right so you're learning it for cloud formation and for deployment into amazon so now you have the cdk which provides you with all of the power of languages like python and what scares me about that is that there's no limit to what you can do with that language so when you're creating these new 
uh, resources, you know, you still have the ability to go and like fetch information from an, from another API or pull in configuration files or access the file system or, you know, access memory or whatever it might be. So any flaws you might have in that language, where it's run, how it's deployed, um, become the same threats uh, or exposures you might face in any other Python application, except you're using it like super low level. And that that's sort of the terrifying part for me. Whereas with Terraform, you know, they're exposing these loops and conditionals in a way that is isolated from the rest of the system because it's designed to deploy infrastructure and that's all it's really designed to do. So they're, they're focused on what are the things that you need to do that and how can we make it as easy as possible? Um, so it's like, I can almost appreciate that. Yeah, you could like go and, you know, you could just write a YAML file that has all the information you need, pull it into the, into the CDK and then, you know, have that go and use these, uh, constructs to generate cloud formation templates and away you go. Um, but it is a bit terrifying for me. And so as I sort of dig into CDK and, uh, and working with it, that's, that's where my head goes immediately. Yeah. And I, I feel like like taking a step backward is how I feel about it as well from a product engineering perspective. I, I so for for transparency, I ended up actually walking through uh, the Java version of the Amazon uh, CDK walkthrough because the language I'm most proficient in, and unlike Python, you have to be brutally explicit about everything you type up. So I figured it'd be a good learning experience for me. Um, but going through it did seem like it's almost reinventing the wheel. You know, you have all this infrastructure that is now outlined through a configuration. And, and to me, infrastructure is not, I'm, I'm afraid of it turning into logic um, because I don't think it should be logic. I, I think for loops and if statements in config should be difficult to do. Uh, so walking through having all this explicitly run out through, you know, Java code was, was weird. I, I appreciate the ability to, you know, now step through um, this tool and actually understand at the code level what's actually going on and, you know, adding stuff like Maven, which I really appreciate. I can actually see what dependencies I'm pulling in and what what sort of libraries I need to get this running. But I, I do feel like it's it's a step backwards in, turn of, in terms of just reinventing the wheel almost in a different way. Yeah. No, I, I sort of agree. It sort of takes me back to um, some work that I did with with Fabric. Um, and I, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but it was almost it was like a, it's a Python library that was more of an like, more like Ansible, I guess. And I had the same feeling. It's like, you know, you have all this access to all these things and that's great. But you know, you're, it's just a library. You have like all this low level access and it's, it's, you have a lot of unnecessary things that can get you in trouble in the same way as any other web application. And so it's like putting on the guardrails almost, especially for something like infrastructure, I think is a really, I mean, from the security side, it's awesome because it's a really, uh, I think it's a better way to approach it uh, because you're bringing in folks that might not have the engineering um, chops from a security perspective to like develop things securely. And also, you know, they're learning a new language. Um, they're like learning policy they're trying to do they're trying to do security of the code security of the infrastructure all these things in like one bundle it up thing so it just it's a bit scary for me on that one yeah i mean i think it kind of depends on your use case right um if you're like you know standard enterprise right that's just like hey we just 
you know, we just put out applications. We have maybe one or two AWS accounts. Um, you know, we this is all build once, never really iterate on that or you know what I mean? Like it's it's kind of like your your standard company infrastructure. Um I CDK probably doesn't make sense, right? Like it's it's overkill, uh, it's overly complex, it's gonna be difficult to maintain for uh you know for for not much gain. Whereas like if you look at the other side where um, you're like a hosting provider, you're SaaS or something, right? And you're spinning up a lot of AWS resources and maybe there's slight deriva uh, derivation of what these individual stacks look like. You can, you know, so you need, you need to feed external data um, in order to generate them. Um, right. Like one thing that I, I came away, uh, like in my trip back down memory lane was thinking about Troposphere with, um, I used to call InfoBlocks, right? In order to get, uh, uh, IP assignment for my VPC and then template my cloud formation to use that CIDR block, right? And like, just thinking about kind of use cases like that, where I'm in order to update my templates rather than like some human just putting in a parameter that says like, yeah, what is the CIDR block for the VPC? You know, it allows you to kind of extend that automation, that infrastructure as code to even another layer of abstraction where the generation of the markup itself or of the DSL is being is, is having input provided by other systems, right? And so like that's right. kind of where you start to see like the usefulness of CDK. But like if you're just like, hey, yep, I have 10 app servers, two databases, and like, you know, maybe like 10 ALVs or something, right? Whatever. Um it, it doesn't, it's not as useful there, right? Because it's like those things are pretty static. They're not gonna change. It's all very cookie cutter. Um and so having, maintaining that abstraction layer, which really CDK is like another abstraction layer, right? Um, is just not worthwhile because you're not really getting any benefit out of it. That's kind of how I was looking at it. Yeah. And, you know, you bring up a good point because one of the things that I ran into with Terraform is that sometimes we have uh, configurations or whatever defined in YAML and there's like no way to get it into Terraform. And so what we find ourselves doing is either like, redefining that in Terraform or generating a cloud formation template. So I think where this is going to go is is the same way that we are with um, like Terraform and cloud formation, where it's like when you can't do something with Terraform and it's easy enough, then you'll sort of go to cloud formation to accomplish that task. It might be that, okay, we're going to go to CDK for this because it provides us with the power of the language to like generate this thing that we need to go to info blocks or whatever and fetch this like IP range or like figure something out that we can do with uh, with code and then bring and then sort of import that back into CloudFormation and Terraform to get the full thing going. But I think that it's like, maybe it's not a one or the other conversation. It's more of like, you know, we could use all of these together. It's just how do we, how do we make sure that we like uh, put the proper controls around each pillar of this infrastructure as code? Yeah, no, I mean, and I think that's a pretty good way of looking at it, right? Because if I was, uh, I will say, if I was insane, right, I would be like, why are we using this infrastructure as code stuff at all? I'm just going to write a Java app that interacts with the AWS APIs directly, and I'm just going to write my own application that provisions resources, right? Like, why do I need Terraform? Why do I need CloudFormation, right? And like, you know, if that's one one end of things and the other end is like, full-blown CDK, right? Like where, what's in the middle, right? Like in, in, in certainly, right? There are probably use cases for, you know, your application interacting with 
um, AWS directly to provision resources. I'm sure there's a number of people, right, that have that use case, but most people don't need that, right? Like most people need some guardrails or just need something that is a little bit more abstracted, right? And then you kind of walk through all the varying uh, degrees of that. And even before, between CloudFormation and Terraform, right? We talked about it before, like I, I've been using CloudFormation pretty consistently in recent years, right? To push out stack sets. It's, it's something that is annoying and difficult to do in Terraform just because I have to set up like an entire like CD pipeline just for promoting my Terraform changes for simple things like, simple things that I, I need to have for compliance in some cases, or just, I need to have this IAM role in every account for, you know, my SSO provider, for people to log in via my SSO provider, right? So there's things that, like I would say that, you know, there's a very good use case there in using stack sets and using CloudFormation, but I don't want to write like my entire infrastructure stack in CloudFormation, right? Like I think Terraform is a, is a better tool for that. Um, and, and yeah, and like, as I said, like you could even extend that all the way to CDK where you say, yeah, like. I don't want to have, I, I spin up these same, you know, two dozen resources all the time, but I have to put in all this configuration, um, you know, uh, configuration parameters when I do it, right? I don't want to have to manually do that every time. I'm going to use CDK to generate that, right? And so I, I think, you know, it's it's all based on your use case. It's based on your, you know, um, you know the, the skills of the people that you have around, right? And, and even just like, you know, the depth at which you of, of the problem that you're solving to a, like to various degrees. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, and so I think that that sort of helps with my perspective because, um, really it, like I was thinking about this, um, in a very binary way is like using one or the other, why would we use one over the other and, uh, starting to realize that, you know, it's, it's sort of the combination of them and when they can be used and that you don't necessarily have to go to one or the other. Um, and that, that helps me sort of with where we're going with this conversation, which is, you know, why is HashiCorp or why is there a development on, you know, the Terraform CDK, uh, given the, the, um, I guess, motivation behind Terraform and the, uh, the, the pillars that they stand behind around making it easy, um, you know, isolating the language and, um, making it approachable and things like that. And then sort of developing this other thing in tandem that gives you access to all the lower level, I say lower level, but they're not really lower level languages, but, um, you know, providing you with that access to that, to do some, some more funky things. And this helps me sort of understand why they might, might go that route. Yeah, I guess the last thing I'll say on Terraform with that is that even though the CDK is outputting Terraform, and, and we'll go into that a lot more uh, in the next episode, but um, you know there are other Terraform providers that exist today um, yeah. that are not part of the CDK, right? So you still need to generate those resource files in some way or another, right? Um, so that, that's kind of the thing is that like while the AWS resources specifically will ultimately be in Terraform at, like as a output of your CDK, at the other things are not, right? So you still need to create those. And if, and if you're in another cloud, like if you're in Google or Azure or whatever, right? Um, you'll still need, I don't, I don't actually, I don't know if Google or Microsoft have something actually at this point. So I probably should stop before I put my foot in my mouth, but, um, but yeah, like you still need to generate those in some other way other than the CDK. So it's like, for people that are using Terraform but want to use the CDK, this is kind of like a happy marriage of like, I can now use both and not have to worry about um, using CloudFormation. Right. 
Yeah. And, you know, the the providers are sort of their way to add new um, information. Like you mentioned, info blocks, like that's a provider. So I think for me, it's it's almost, it, it starts to get to that point where it's, you know, we start to complain about, um, you know, Amazon and AWS port- putting these like sort of um, hacky ways of doing conditionals and loops and everything. But then you've also got things like local providers and HTTP re- providers and things, which is essentially Terraform's way of getting that functionality or HashiCorp's way of getting that functionality into Terraform uh, where it might not exist. And so you're sort of, you know, you could argue that it's it's hacky in that way. So um, definitely interesting to look at uh, how both uh, both sides of that are 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 bringing it in. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I think the intent, like, if you remember Terraform, kind of from the start, right? Like, even AWS itself is a provider. All the cloud providers, you know, are an individual provider. They're maintained by HashiCorp and you know the larger community as well. But it's like Terraform is is you know everything is more or less a plugin, right? Like innately, Terraform is just an execution engine and um, and, and everything is just loaded. And like, even if you have to template a file, right, there's a template provider, right? So like that, that's kind of the, yeah, that's kind of how they have bridged that gap. And like, uh, CloudFormation has a similar concept. Um, like it was custom resources, which was the last time I looked at it, which is apparently no longer a thing they call them. Uh, I think they actually call them providers now or plugins or something like that. Um, but what a custom resource was, was like, I'm just going to call a Lambda function, right? Like it's part of my CloudFormation template. I have a Lambda function that does something, returns a result. And that was, that was kind of, um, AWS's way of doing things. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, and just kind of to, to drive the point home on CDK is like the interesting thing there is that when I use the CDK and I, I, you know, like, you know, I, what I'm doing is effectively just calling another library. Right. And so if I then am also using a library to call info blocks or, you know, using requests or something to call info blocks, like from the code perspective, it doesn't really matter. Like there is no differentiation there of like what's first party and what's third party, right? Like they're all kind of, you know, they're all treated as the same um, type of resource, right? And so that's, that's kind of, I think what makes the CDK interesting is all these workarounds that we've done in like the infrastructure as code languages, right? Um, you know, kind of go away because like now I'm just, I'm just trading it for something else more or less, but at least then all my logic is, is clear to me because it's, it's, you know, it's in code itself. So I'm, I don't have an abstraction layer between me and what I'm invoking. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that we've, you know, we've sort of unpacked a couple of things in preparation for the Terraform CDK, but what I, you know, I'll, I'll, go with my takeaway first and then throw it to, to you all as well. But like what I, the way that I'm looking at this now is, is almost like, um, you know, when you have, when, when you're looking at the, like what's right for my organization or what's right for me, or what should I be um, concerned about from a security point of view is, you know, if you're Amazon all the way and you have a strong engineering team that is security aware, uh, cloud formation and the CDK might be a good way to start or go. Um, but if your security team is like less code centric and maybe they want to start to apply these policies in a way and you're still only AWS, only Amazon, you know, it provides sort of a, a better path into, um, you know, that infrastructure as code and policy as code uh, point of view if you have the money for Terraform Enterprise or something like that. 
Um, but I think the way that most folks might end up using this is, you know, they're going to come at it from both angles and where we can't get things out of Terraform, uh, we'll leverage CloudFormation and the CDK for an Amazon. If you're in any other cloud provider, then, uh, you know, this conversation is basically moot. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we're basically sort of just talking about AWS at, at, at this point. But that's sort of my takeaway. And I think I can sort of leave it at that in preparation for uh, Terraform CDK in the next episode. Yeah, no, I, I agree with all that. I, I will say that, like, my takeaway from this has really been... I. I get where where I ended up again, right? Like you know, kind of had that flashback and and understand where um, things were. But these all all these things have their places, right? Um, their various use cases will dictate that. And and just to throw a, a wrench into this entire conversation as we're trying to close it, I'm just gonna list like all the other things uh, that I came across, like as far as infrastructure as code tools. Um, that we didn't talk about uh, just because it kind of shows that the varying degrees of madness that we are in, in some ways. And that is, um, oh, I had the list in front of me. Amplify, uh, Troposphere, Serverless Framework, uh, InGraph, and oh, there's one more missing. But, um, but yeah, like there's a bunch of tools out there. So even though we're just talking about CDK, CloudFormation, Terraform, there's other things out there. So do your homework, do your research, you know? Well, um, you know, when we, when we wrap up the, the three part series, we'll just have you reciting all of the infrastructure as code tools, uh, that you've ever taught, worked through as like rolling credits. Like, thank you to. Oh, I sure hope not. <laughs> I think, I think you're gonna have to do some uh, recording offline and send that to me when you have a chance. Um, Simon, I know you're not feeling well, but if you have a voice, how uh, any any final thoughts from you? <laughs> uh, yeah, just seconding everything. Just understand the tool that you're using. Understand your use case. Uh, no need to boil the ocean if that's not what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Thanks, thanks, guys. Um, I think we're ready to tackle Terraform uh, CDK. And if anyone's following along, hopefully you have sort of an idea of Terraform, um, you know, CloudFormation, Amazon CDK, so we can go to that conversation a bit more armed. Um, as always, thank you for listening to us ramble on DevSecOps, and hopefully this has been enlightening. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please leave us a review. Uh, if you want us to talk about anything or you have any feedback, you can reach us at security at r2dso.com, on Twitter at r2dso, and then uh, if you just want to listen to us on the website, it's www.r2dso.com. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.